0: Yeah Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Kevin Ringstar, along with his beautiful entourage of cat and dog, because we're going to be talking about grieving our loved ones, the pets in our life and people, but grieving in you know, in general. And I want to really kind of concentrate on the grieving of animals, because we know that grieving of, of adults or of people is kind of expected, you know, we, we're going to grieve the people that we're close to and the ones that we love. But we love our animals, they're our children, they're our family. And when they go, it is because they shine bright for the whole time that they're with us. And all of a sudden, the light is gone. And how do we actually grieve them? And I was just saying, My dog died over six years ago, and I still miss her desperately. And, uh, you know, that grieving is something that goes on and on and on. His life is currently graced with three pets, his old English sheepdog, Sir William Broderick, Brody, his cat, Ponce de Leon, Ponce, and uh, Tantrula, as he accidentally came into his possession of Lucy. So I think we can safely say that he is an animal lover. He's also the founder of Pet cloud. And he spends his days talking about grief and educating people how to support their friends, family, and co-workers through grief. Mostly his job is to listen to the stories of love are lost by other people. He recently moved to San Francisco to build and grow his own community in a place where everyone anywhere can come and share their grief and get support from others who really do understand the pain and the anguish that we go through when we love someone that we love and he says that through his studies and counseling over the years he's learned quite a lot about grief and it's safe to say that as a society we have a tendency to hold on to grief it's awkward and uncomfortable to talk about we feel like we may be judged especially if we tell people how much we are hurting because of our loss and you know know what some people just don't get it or this old adage well isn't it time you moved on no when when you have a loss you have a loss when you feels that gap you know as I said it's over six years since my dog gone and I know we gave her a beautiful death Um, my son cooked her a steak dinner then she had ice cream and the vet came and she literally died looking into my face and knowing that she was gone a lot of gratitude of her presence here I miss her because of the friendship that she gave me the trust the love because that's an animal for you there is no i'm only going to love you if it is i love you and that's that and we miss that kind of unconditional love don't we welcome to the show kevin
1: Hi, hey, it's such a pleasure to be here thank you for having me
0: my pleasure and we have uh is it that's Ponce behind you there, the beautiful yeah, black and white funny. cat? And uh, we have the dog at your feet uh, who's mm-hmm. 14 now. Yeah, right? he
1: just had his 14th birthday.
0: And you he's know, my for old English sheepdog, yeah, he's an old man. Yes, and, and for an old English sheepdog, that is quite an age, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you may be in the next year or so facing your own grief, which I'm sure you've done many yeah. times.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, like I might be grieving this year. You know, he's an older man or an old man, as I call him. And, you know, I see him slow down. And, you know, right now we're sort of in the the end of life phase with mm. him. And, you know, I know I'm going to have to say goodbye, but that's OK. I mean, that's in the future. You know, yes. like today we're present. Today he's yeah. here. You
0: know, today I'm grateful. I think that's one of the big things is, um, you know, my dog was declining. She was a Border Collie. Um, it was laborious for her to to walk and get up and down the stairs and just do a lot of things. And it's they know when their time is up and they're OK with it. And um, we're not. You know, for us, mm. it's hard to let go. And we don't want to see them suffer. But sometimes we don't recognize the suffering they're going through because we just want that little extra time. But sometimes it's kind of just to let them go at a certain stage, isn't it?
1: yeah that's what that's what the whole idea behind euthanasia is it's mm-hmm. a peaceful death yeah you know like like we're gonna say goodbye no matter what right we outlive them and that, that's an unfortunate fact
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i'll, I'll hopefully outlive puns. and you know what makes us different and separate from animals is that we understand death we know yes. what it means we know it's coming right and we know what it means to suffer And we have that unique position to like prevent that for for people who and for our pets who can't make that decision on their own
0: yes we see people some people who are at the end of life maybe suffering with cancer you know suffering horrible excruciating illnesses and if it was an animal we would and as we say, put it out of its misery, we'd let it go because we want not inflict that kind of suffering on them, yet mm-hmm. we do it to, to people. And so it, there's still the sort of controversy of euthanasia for, for people. But I think when it comes to that time of there is no return from the pain, this is how you're going to exit, that really, why don't we show humans the same grace that we would show animals?
1: Right. Yeah, that's, that's a changing movement too. Mm. You know, we're focusing more on quality of life and not quantity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Does it make sense when you're 80 something years old to go in for chemotherapy and radiation or, it, or would it make sense to go for more hospice care and enjoy that time you have not being sick?
0: Yes. Yes, and also, you know, I've done a, a few shows on midwifery but also midwifery for, for death, And there were midwives, there were deaf uh, wives that would be there um, at the end of time, making it very comfortable, but also helping the loved ones kind of say their goodbyes, come to terms with it. So that when that person crossed over, it wasn't so traumatic. You know, it was a, we celebrate a a birth, but why can't we celebrate the end of life?
1: Mm -hmm. It's just an... Just, it's our second most important transition
0: we'll ever make. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we come in, <laughs> we're eventually going to go out. <laughs> it's, how do we go out? That's the, the way it is. And um, as I said, if, if, if an animal is in pain, um, when my, I was prepared for my dog. And so we, we could give her a beautiful death, and we were there around her, loving her. My cat, the week before she'd bought a bird in you know i mean here i'm trying to slow her down and there she's still going and terrorizing cats in the next neighborhood she's six pounds you know but always has been like that and then all of a sudden she comes to me i went to pick her up and she's limp she can't stand Mm -hmm. and rush her off to the to the um to the vets and they say you know, her kidneys are gone. This organ's gone. That organ's gone, and it's just not fair at her age to put her through all the stuff that she would have to go through to regenerate it. But it was yeah. more of a shock to to let her go. Again, my son and his girlfriend and myself were there, and we held her and we let her go. I was prepared for the dog. I wasn't prepared for the cat. But in in a way, we should always be prepared for the unexpected.
1: Well, part of preparing is just you know, saying what we need to say right now,
0: mm. you
1: know, the, the present is the only thing we have. Yes. We're not guaranteed anything more.
2: No.
1: Right. And so, you know, a lot of the things that we want to say on the, on their deathbed, you know, if we said, if we said that years ahead of time, how much better our relationships would be. Right.
0: right. Exactly. Why save it to the end? <gasps>
1: and that's the idea. We say yeah. our love you I'm sorry, is I forgive you and goodbye. And just having that little bit of preparation is going to make that entire process a little easier.
0: Yeah. It doesn't mean you're accelerating it. It doesn't mean you're wishing it to happen. It just means that you are prepared for when it does come. Mm-hmm. And that preparation is, you know, I mean, you know, thank God for my son stepping in Um, he brought the vet in, and there there weren't very many vets that were doing it anymore. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. of actually coming to your home. And um, and as I said, she had a beautiful death. It was a beautiful. I've never had a problem with people crossing over. You know, that's death is inevitable. It is um for them, they've gone home. It's those hours that's left behind. What do we miss about that? Do we miss that? that companionship do we miss that love you know do we miss the things unsaid you know you
1: know with our pets we miss the companionship mm-hmm. you know a lot of people i talk to live alone mm-hmm. you know a lot of them are elderly too no friends no yeah. family you know some of them are even bedridden and when you lose your only companion right yes. your only sense of touch your only sense of love, your only sense of presence, right? That empty space is huge.
0: Yes, it certainly is. My mum rescued a cat. She had actually got a cat from this cattery in England. Beautiful black and white cat. Could have been a Walt Disney cat. The trouble is it had tendencies to one moment to purr up against you and the next moment lash at you and also stalk her at the bottom of the stairs. And my mum was on Wolfram and so these attacks were just getting too much. We had to take her back. And actually the cattery said, I don't know why you took this one in the first place. It's, you know, just got some issues. And I was leaving to come back to Canada. My mum was in England and I said, you have to get another cat. No, 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 no. And I, no, you need another cat. And we found this old cat, they thought it was about 11 years old and its name was Tabitha, my oldest daughter is Tabitha. And she picked up this cat, and this cactus went into her neck and cried. And so it had to go home with her. She had three years with that cat before it passed over. And it would sleep on a pillow right next to her pillow, kind of with a, a hand, a paw on her chest every night or you know, kissing on the cheek. And even mm-hmm. after it had gone, she felt the presence of the cat there on the pillow touching her kind of I'm still with you. She didn't get another cat because she couldn't cope with a few things but I kind of think if she had it would have given her more quality of life.
1: you just having someone around you that loves you. Yes. 24-7. Yes. Every time you come home, they're there.
0: Yeah. Excited to see you. Excited (laughs) to see you. Yes. Where have you been? (laughs) You went out just to put the garbage (laughs) out. You come back in. Where have you been?
1: (laughs) I thought I'd never see you again.
0: Right. Exactly. And, you know, a cat is different because they're a little more aloof, aren't they? You know, if if they ordain to come over and give you some love, you know, you feel privileged. A dog, it's just, they can't wait. They can't wait to smother you in kisses and love and wagging that tail. And, you know, it's, it's something for them that is what they live for.
1: Well, that depends on the cat. You know, I raise ponds just like a dog. Mm. He comes when I call him and, you know, he's excited to see me.
0: You're lucky there, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My little cat Sativa was definitely aloof. And she had the dog under her paw because she was there first. So when we brought the dog into the house, she just looked at us in absolute horror. What have you done? <laughs> and she made sure that the dog, 10 times bigger than her, that that dog knew she ruled the house. <laughs> 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 and they kind of ordained to, to live together, but, you know, never buddy buddy but just tolerated each other
2: mm-hmm.
0: the characteristic of an animal um you know people say well what kind of companion can they be they don't talk to you i say they talk to us in leaps and bounds it's just that yeah. do we listen
1: there's all kinds of silent communication mm. like yeah you know, i don't really have to talk to my dog anymore you know i just kind of you know touch and gesture and like we we know our routines yeah you know, he tells me when it's time to wake up and go to bed. When it's time to go out for his walk every okay. day around five o'clock. And he'll get up on like clockwork, walk to the door, and I know it's time.
0: Right. You don't need a watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they know. Um, My son has two dogs. He has a, a little, I think it's a Chihuahua Terrier mix. He's a handsome little dude. We call him, you know, a little um Chevalier, you know he's just the lover completely and fierce as well and then the other dog is a a a white frenchie who is deaf and of course she likes closeness because when she feels you that's obviously replacing of sound right and uh, he's recently in a new relationship where there is a, a young a girl in the relationship i think she's just turned eight and of course she adores the dogs and dressing them up and everything else and so these dogs are getting like abundant kind of love now and animals they're very very true to who their owners are but they have a capability of just loving so many people don't they
1: Mm -hmm. and they can't hide it either no (laughs) you ever heard of a dog hiding how it feels (laughs)
0: oh excuse me I'm not going to wag my tail
1: (laughs) no like when's the last time you were so excited to see someone that you were like wagging your butt and shaking yeah
0: exactly we
1: were kids last time that happened
0: yeah exactly exactly what what happened to us you know (laughs) why don't we kind of take a card out of the animals and just like express how we feel why is it you know oh yeah good to see you and the inside of you just wants to take them and give them a hug you know it's like when did you know what happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i guess that's the wet blanket of society
0: mm. I, mean, I think we could take a huge big you know tip out of the animals thing of of how we greet now i don't mean butt sniffing we don't need to go that <laughs> far but you know most certainly If we're pleased to see someone, show them, Mm -hmm. show them. Why are we so, what is this thing about being reserved? No, let people know you're happy to see them or that you want to see them. You know, that we've become, I don't know, so standoffish and so guarded. And Mm -hmm. on the other hand, a dog knows when there is somebody that shouldn't be in your life, right? They could be so friendly and when they're not, Hackles go up, the body is still, and they're right there looking at you going, hmm, I don't think you should be here. So we need to also pay attention to them.
1: Yeah, they certainly sense something that we don't.
0: Mm -hmm. They have an intellect that um, we're not in tune to. And I think if we paid attention to what they have to say, um, we would learn a great deal, not only about ourselves, but our our surroundings. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Have you ever had, you know, one of your uh, pets do something that completely and utterly changed your life or saved your life?
1: That's a good question. Well, I don't know about saved my life. There was this one story, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't even my dog. It was a dog I lived with. Uh, This is a a girl dog, sort of like a Doberman mix, Mm -hmm. like a mud. And this dog was really smart. right? And it's something that you never really appreciate in a dog until you're around one for a long time. And you see them do something that you didn't teach them, right? But they did it anyway, just by watching. Mm -hmm. And so this was like right after my birthday. And you know how we do on birthdays. We drink a lot. And well, I was hung over the next day. You know, I had my day off. I was all alone and just, you know, sick in the toilet. And the dog just came in and sat right down beside me in a way that she had never done before, it just kind of laid there and just kept me company.
0: Yeah. I have a story of um my dog. This is a another border collie we had <clears throat> and it was back in South Africa and I had a convertible. And I've always had a kind of anxiety problems and I was given um, a a new drug that I took and we're driving along the coastline, which is extremely windy. And it also, you know, steer off and you're down in the water and there's a corner that comes up, a big rock, and you can stop there and look over and it's very beautiful. But it's also known as the suicide cliff for for reason. They never put bars up there. I don't know, but... um, this drug made me feel I could fly. And I don't know what I was saying, or what I was doing, but my dog Candy looked at me and barked. And so I barked back at her. And then she touched me with her paw and I went and touched her. And we're coming up close to this corner. And I'm not thinking suicidal at all. I'm just thinking we can fly. She takes her whole body and she throws it right on top of my body. All of a sudden, I'm driving gear. So the gear goes into neutral. I come up to the edge. My tires are on the edge of that cliff. And I suddenly kind of snap out of it. And I look down. And I don't even know at that point, even if the tires are on the cliff, because it feels I'm looking right down. Is, if she had not done that, we would both be dead. How did she know? I mean, she knew that I was out of character. But how did she know there was such danger coming up? Because had she not done that, we wouldn't be here.
1: Hmm. it's incredible
0: yeah they're incredible creatures they really do know okay. they know when you need them but that one was extraordinary of how she really understood that you what know was hmm?
1: what was her name
0: her name was candy candy, candy. yeah we catch you candy floss but we called her candy and my last one was kokomo the beach boy song <laughs> um when somebody, you know, comes to you that's grieving, as you said, you listen, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pain is very genuine, whether it's human or whether it's animal, but especially with animal, it's very genuine. You feel it in the gut. Mm-hmm. Logics and rationale have got nothing to do with it. You know, it was their time. It was their time to go. That rationale is there, but the pain of letting them go is very much there. What is your process to help people through that grieving?
1: Well, first off, it's just to normalize it. Mm. It's okay to feel how we feel, right? We know, we've talked about just how important they are to us. They've saved our lives in some cases. Yes. Right? They matter the world to us. Mm. And, you know, that hurts when we Mm -hmm. lose them. And we don't have to hide it. Right? And so I try to normalize that and make it okay not to be okay. Right. Right. And, I, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, no, I was going to ask you kind of what steps of the process to go through it to kind of go through, you know, in a lot of ways the time pain.
1: Yeah, well, that's you know that's different for for everyone. Everyone starts and ends their grief journeys differently, but generally we sort of acknowledge the pain, like this happened, you know, we lost them, and you know I keep people or put people around other people too who are grieving
2: Mm
1: -hmm. it's good to see other people going through what we're doing Mm -hmm. because you know like like you were talking about with that you know our our intellect is just fine and you can tell someone like you're going to be fine and this is normal to feel like this but you know emotionally we're broken and we want to see that with other people right because that's that's just more reinforcement to say that you know it's okay that i'm feeling like this
0: yeah I, and I think sharing the stories, you know, um, yes. it's it's very nurturing, you know, to, to share the stories, you know, to let the tears run down your face. I'm a peculiar person. I don't cry at death. It's just the way I've always been because my rational mind goes in. The logical, I'll cry at a stupid commercial. <laughs> and that will be my way of releasing it because um, I've always been the person that somebody calls when somebody passes over um there is no time limit on the grieving that we do want people to get on with their life and not be crippled by it but you know as i said feeling that loss there is no time limit is isn't it time that you got over that no there is no sense of time is there
1: there isn't the only thing time does is distance us from that loss
0: hmm.
1: right so it doesn't hurt as much right it's not as sharp as acute it's doled down with time. And that's what time does. But it never takes it away entirely. Mm. You ask for anyone who's been holding on to something for 20 or 30 years, and it's right there. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's still there. And we can hold on to it, and we can push it down, ignore it, and do anything we want to, but it's always going to be there until we deal with it.
0: Yes. And the dealing with it is, is important. And I think the important thing is the. Like, as I said, it's six and a half years. I still miss my dog tremendously. You know, I've got pictures of her all around here. And it's like, you know, it's that mane. I just want to grab that mane and kiss because I used to leave lipstick marks all over her. (laughs) And, you know, I kind of miss that so much. And it's okay to miss it because, you know, she meant that much to me. But I think the important thing for us to remember is don't let it stop us from continuing to live because we didn't die with them.
1: Right. You no, know, it's you know, it's what we're thinking too. Mm. When we go back and think of them, are we are we thinking, oh, I miss them, I want them here. You know, why did I do this? Why did I do that? If only I would have done that, they'd be here. Those kind of thoughts. Or is it, oh, there was this great memory I loved. Mm. Oh, there's this one time she mm. saved my life. Yes. Oh, this one time she got into the trash and had terrible gas. <laughs> yes. Right. So like it depends on what you think about. Mm. Because we never stop missing them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's never going to come a point where you think about candy and you don't want her here. Right. Yeah, Yeah. It's not always painful.
0: That's the point, isn't it? That's the the, the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's to have the memory without the pain. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I think that is anything to do with any process in life, you know, whether it's a loss of a pet or a person, it could be a loss of a career, it could be a loss of a marriage, it could be a loss of anything. We're going to go through losses in life. And we we may be, you know, going to grieve those losses, but we've got to be willing to go through the process of being able to move on. And, you know, hold the memories close, but, but don't let it stop us from growing or moving forward.
1: And, you know, learning mm. grief changes us, right? It, it shows us what's the most important Because as soon as we lose something we can't replace, right? Mm. We have that feeling we can't do anything with, right? No amount of money, no amount of friends or anything is going to take that away from us. And, you know, it forces us to look at our own mortality Yeah. and what we want. What's the most important things in our life.
0: Mm. You know, and it, very often when we lose a pet within a period of time, we go and get another one and, and then the guilt sets in and well, I'm just replacing it and you can't replace it. It doesn't mean you're replacing the one that you lost. That love will always be with you, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that you're extending your heart to another beautiful animal right. now and sharing that love. And like even the love you had with the last one, you know, it's like, I, I know that relationship we had and that, unconditional love and you give it to a new pet and it's um and then it's a new love that you've found but it doesn't mean you've dismissed or forgotten the last one it almost is the way you're carrying that love on isn't it
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know like you said there's no replacing love mm, no or relationships
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh both human and pets right and you know like this idea of replacing the loss is something we do all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, oh, you can go out and get another pet. Why are you sad about that? Yeah. Oh, there, there are plenty of fish in the sea, yeah. right You'll find someone for you. Yes. again, that's that's people saying things that you know they're trying to make us feel better, but we're not recognizing the loss. right. Like, yeah, yeah, I know there are millions of other people out there, suitable matches for me, but I lost one. Yes, and that matters. Yes. But we're not allowed to feel that. Or if we are, it's only right a day or two, then we're supposed to get back out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if we do find somebody else, you're not going to have the same relationship that you had with the last person or the last yeah. pet. It's a different relationship. You may be a better person because of the last relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you're going to bring that to a new relationship. But it, as you said, it's not a replacing. It's a new relationship uh, with a, a totally different kind of demographic of what you're doing here. Right. Uh, but that last love becomes almost the compass, doesn't it? You know, of how to love and how to feel.
1: Mm-hmm. I like how you said that. You know, it's like we, we take them with us.
0: Yeah. Everything that they made us feel, we can now bring to this new relationship. hmm because it's not about just finding it in, in another one. It's about, you know, being it, becoming it, and sharing it that beautiful love that you had within another relationship, be it a person or, or an animal, right? It's, yeah. it's about what did that animal teach you? It taught you love. It taught you appreciation. It taught you trust. It taught you that companionship. So everything that that beautiful animal gave you you know, bring to an, a new relationship, be it a new pet or, or a new person in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you can, I've had four border collies and each one of them were different. They had some tendencies that were the same, but each one of them had their own personality and their own character, right? Right. And, and that's what you, you take with you forward in your memories.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Do people say, you know, yes, but it was just a pet. This is a human being. You should grieve in a different way.
1: Well, I hear that a lot. Um, you know, every everyone grieves at a hundred percent. It doesn't matter what that grief is. Yes. Like like grieving at the losing a house due to foreclosure. You lost your family house. I mean, that's yes. that's grief, and that's yes. a house is a thing. Mm. Right? It's arguably less important than living things, but that grief is still the same. It does not matter where it comes from. Right. This idea of comparing grief is 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 I mean you can't do it. It's you know like mm. it's like comparing like apples and
0: cars. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of just thinking of the computer. Apple creating a car there. (laughs) Apple becomes a car. Um, And also that your measurement of what your grief is may be different from somebody else's. There is no measure. My grief is more than yours. Well, you're only grieving a pet. I'm grieving my grandfather dying. So therefore, my grief should be more. No, it is. What is the loss to you? Because that will be the measurement of what the grief is. And nobody can tell you that it is more or less. It is what it is to you.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And when we compare losses, it's a lose-lose situation. Mm. Either you're, you're, your loss is greater, right? You've lost more. So therefore, you've lost more and you grieve more. Or you haven't lost as much and you don't deserve to grieve as much as you're grieving.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes. I think, you know, it, it's essential that we grieve. It's essential that we feel that loss. It's essential that we learn how to take the love that was given and kind of put it in our backpacks, you know, in our hearts and our souls to carry on. One of the problems is, is when people become stuck in the grief and then everything else around them. You know, I had a, a mother who lost her son. And it came to a point of divorce. It came to a point of cancer for her. And it it came to a point where her other children felt like chopped liver. You know, we're still alive. We lost him too. But her grief was so encompassing that it ended up destroying everything else around her. And we have to be very careful of that kind of grief, don't we?
1: We do, yeah. Oh, it goes back to that thought work Mm. and the type of remembering we're doing. You know, like, was that thinking about losing her son? was it, you know, accident or something that, you know, we could have done better? Or are we dwelling on the fact that they're not here? Mm
2: -hmm. Everything
1: we've lost or, you know, what we have.
2: Right.
1: And we have all that love. You know, when we lose someone, we only lose half of them. Mm -hmm. You know, that the other half of them comes forward with us. Yes. All these relationships and memories and experiences, they make us who we are and we don't lose that when they die.
0: No. We're losing the vehicle that they were in, but the essence of who they are continues with us. Right. Yeah, I mean this is the thing we have to be careful on that grief consuming us because some people get so lost in it it becomes their identity and they're losing everything no. else. I think it almost becomes you know a crutch or a defense. There are some people who get caught up in drama and they like the attention the drama brings. And so it's comfortable. This, it's comfortable. I'm getting attention, right? I'm getting attention in that. But after a while, people are going to get tired of the drama because you are unwilling to move on. You're unwilling to, to heal yourself. You're staying in the drama. And so whereas it might draw people to people in the, in the beginning, it's going to be a repellent somewhere along the line.
1: right and of course that line is different for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, I like a, a lot of my members tell me that people stop checking in on them after about 2 or 3 weeks. Yes. But they're still feeling it, you know, yeah. you, know you know, several weeks after that. And you have this whole gap of, you know, people not wanting to check in because mm-hmm. they don't know what to do or say or maybe they think you should be over it blah blah blah. But you know, it's you know, it's it's an it's an issue. You know not knowing where that line is for anyone
0: and that line is is different to everybody right i mean mm-hmm. it's you know we see crises we, we you know we recently had a crisis here in bc where we had these atmospheric floods and it literally drowned out towns and drowned out our agricultural area and where we lost a lot of livestock we actually lost our main artery which brings all our goods from the different part of the country. It was quite devastating. And um, um, my, my daughter lost a friend in that, which they couldn't find his body afterwards because he was uh, caught in a landslide. And it's, the recovery is going to be a very, very long time, a very, very long time. But the community that stepped up to be there to help them And I think one of the things that's admirable, it's wonderful, it's the way it should be. But we should also remember that in their process of readjusting to a total new way of living or or the the loss that is ongoing, you know, they maybe didn't just lose lives, they lost livelihoods, that we still need to check in and say, hey, now I've been busy, how are you doing? Is there anything mm-hmm. I can do to move things further along? Because, well, you know, I gave them time back then. They should be all right by now. No, if their situation is ongoing, exactly. so is there going to be their grief, right? Right.
1: Like like it's not even complicated grief as, you know, mm. psychologists define it, you know, complicated grief is then you have a problem with it after six months have gone by after a loss, if it's still affecting your day-to-day activities, you know, about half a year you know, we stopped showing up long before that.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, yes, we know you're busy. We know you've, you've got things going on or you really don't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, sometimes just literally a phone call or being there, how are you doing checking in because Mm -hmm. they don't want to burden you. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you, you touched on something earlier. You didn't say it exactly, but, you know, the let me know if you need anything. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I like to say, you know, let's come up with something more specific because the person who's grieving doesn't you know, know what they I need. I don't know what I need.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, it, and like, and even if I do know, like, I, I, do I, am I really going to ask you for that? Do, you, do I know if you can do that and provide that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So like, I, I like to say, like, tell them what you can do. Mm. you know, Oh, like, I I know you're having a hard time. So like this Friday night, you know, we can rent a movie and I'll bring a pizza and I'll come over and we'll watch it. Right. right. Like be specific with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it could be, you know what, I'm going to drop a meal off once a week. That's one day. You don't need to worry about you know, or I'm going to, uh, you know, if you've got the kids, I'll take them to school or this or that, you know what you're capable of doing. So Mm -hmm. offer that forward. And, you know, the person going through the grieving, you know, maybe uh, they didn't know they needed that, but then it being done for them, they go, oh, that really helped. It really Mm -hmm. helped because as you said, when you are, you know, um, my dad died when I was 11 and a lot of very weird things happened around that with my uncle, um, a lot of things that really shouldn't have happened. And, you know, people were there for my mother and then it was well now you're a widow you no longer get invited to the parties of this that you've got to take up good works and she's in her 40s a beautiful vibrant woman and it was almost she was kind of thrown away because that was the societal thing in england in the 60s um i remember a school literally being terrorized by other kids i was an asthmatic so i couldn't do some of the exercises and things but um my dad had died. I wasn't dwelling on it with anyone because I kept it more to myself. I was dragged out by three kids where they dug a hole in the ground and they were going to bury me like a weed because my dad had died and, it was, and they thought it was a lie. All right? And so they did this right outside the principal's window. So it backfired on them. The next day she sent me out of prayers, morning prayers and gave them all a what too. But it was a, it was almost like um the attack you know you're you're lying or you're just looking for attention or you know it's not that big a deal and you've got those people that can be around you and those are the last people you need around you at that time and if you yourself haven't got the strength to do it this is where other people need to step in and go ah ah close doors to you you know Mm -hmm. because you're not in a state of mind to kind of stand up for yourself at that point you're grieving So if other people see other people kind of taking that attitude, step in for them, please.
1: Right. Like we're short tempered too. Yes. I talk about the energy of grief a lot and how much energy it takes to grieve so much so that we can't do normal things in our life. It drains us. Right. So those little things that might normally be okay Mm -hmm. are not no longer okay when we're grieving. Right. Right. Like little annoyances little people mm-hmm. right
0: little people i like that yes <laughs> bullies and like that are little people <laughs> like if, if
1: we know that like we can be a little bit mindful of it too yeah and we can ask a friend of ours like hey can you shield me from these three people
0: yeah. <laughs> yes exactly right. don't be but, afraid to ask that but
1: we have to ask yes so like if we know something, if we know we need something, we know we have people who said, hey, let me know if you need anything, like we can ask.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things that we have an issue with as, as, as human beings is asking, especially in times you know, of grief, of loss, of, of any form of trouble or redirection. We're too scared to ask people. We don't want to impose. So their lives are busy enough. They've got enough on their plate. We don't want to ask. But if you don't ask, you know, maybe that person says, you know, I can't, but I know somebody else that can. And they, they put it out in the tom-toms. Hey, can anybody do such and such? And then people are only too willing to come and do something. They just, as you said, don't often know what to do. So, Ask. They'll find somebody who can do it.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't heard that expression, put it out in the tom-toms
0: before. <laughs> Your tom-toms. <laughs> who yep. can do this? There's always somebody that can step up and do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, just because you've asked one person, you know, right. don't feel obligated. Oh, geez, she's asked me to do this and I don't know how. It's like, okay, um, out in the tom-toms, out in the call, you know, out in social media, whatever, can anybody... <laughs> and then there's something oh yeah i can right yeah. and it and it let's face it we we are people of service we are meant to be of service to one another and one of the yeah, greatest receiving is too. the giving yes exactly when you give and so, make a difference in someone's life that's you receiving the gift back right
1: mm-hmm. so so if you're a friend right and you're trying to help a grieving friend of yours right and and they say no once or twice let that yeah. be okay Yes. Continue to ask. Yes. Especially if you know they like it, they're eventually going to say yes, and it's going to feel good. But
0: mm-hmm. so, like
1: we continually show up.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big things about when you have a loss is that's almost like somebody's punched you in the stomach, and you're out of breath. You know, everything is like this. It's it's just that you haven't got the energy, you haven't got the breath, you haven't got the stamina. You just don't want to deal with anything. And, you know, that's kind of that uh, initial, you know, punch in the stomach that you get. And it's, um, you know, for some people, um, they immediately, you know, when they've had a loss, go into being productive. And they look like, oh, they're fine. You know, they've they've got over it already. No. You know, um, I rearranged my furniture the next day. You know, with with my dad, went back to boarding school. And, you know, for me, that, that kind of loss is that it's matter of fact, we go. I step into that logic and then it hits you later. So, because somebody's reacting in a different way, don't that was a callous person? They obviously didn't care enough. No, they're just going to grieve in a, at a different time.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and we all know this what we think, how we feel, is not how we show.
0: Right. Yes. And
1: that's true for everyone, every single person. Yeah. And especially if we're at work, we're not, we're not going to want to show how we're grieving. We right. want to be normal and be perceived as normal and get on with our quote unquote normal days.
0: Yeah. Yes. And it's going to come out in different things. And so if you are the boss, if you are the friends and you suddenly notice they're either short or they're, they're distant or they, they're saying no mm-hmm. to coming out, it's like it's now hit them you know when you have an accident they say it's always the next day or a couple of days later that you start to feel it yeah you know so with some people with the grief they're going to especially those that are you know maybe more rational in the mind they're going to go and be busy be busy and then it's going to suddenly hit them yeah yeah and it's like you know it's coming as a friend or as a boss or whatever you know it's coming and when it does please be there
1: yeah, we can push it down and bottle it up for so long. It's going to come out in other ways. Yeah. So.
0: And it needs to come out because if it doesn't, it causes dis-ease in the body, which manifests into disease. Mm-hmm. So it is essential that, that that releasement of that pain comes out because otherwise you're going to carry it with you and it's going to do internal damage.
1: Yeah, You know, it comes out a lot you know, with men particularly with anger and mm. alcoholism and, mm. you know, the, just rage and not having any control. Right.
0: Yeah. And then women kind of like suck it up and go and do something for someone else. No, no, I, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's that whole mentality of I need to keep strong. I need to yes. keep busy. I need to keep going. Yeah. But that only works until, you know, the first time you're alone, probably mm-hmm. going to sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we all know how that is, where everything in our day yeah. comes right back, like it never left.
0: Yeah. Yes. Loss is inevitable. You cannot go through life without loss. Nobody goes to the end of life with all the grandparents intact, all the parents intact, the siblings intact, all the animals they've ever loved intact the job and everything else. No, it doesn't happen. Life is about birth and death and birth and death all along the line of many things. And I think the more that we understand that it is necessary for us to go through the emotions, to allow those emotions to be, to go through the process of whatever the loss is, the more we're going to be able to cope with it, uh, embrace it, and be able to even carry the positivities of it forward with us. Mm
1: -hmm. And show up for anyone else in our lives.
0: Yeah, precisely.
1: Which is even more important because, mm. you know, you can be that friend that everyone goes to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, there are dangers with that when if you are that yes. friend. Because then when it comes to your time of any form of grieving, oh, she's strong or he's strong. They're fine. They'll get through it. No, they've mm-hmm. been there for you. They may be, ha- be person of strength. That just means they're going to grieve in a different way, and they still need you. Exactly. So whatever the whatever the process is for people, we've just got to be willing to go through the process. You cannot suppress mm-hmm. grief, nor can right. you stay there in grief because it will eat you up. And whether you know you've you've lost the hamster, or, you know I remember. I had Horace the goldfish growing up and we were about to go away on holiday and conveniently Horace died the night before and I was devastated and we were two weeks at this one hotel and we had the same waiter and I called him Horace only to find out later that actually was his name (laughs) and also to find out horace was the seventh version <laughs> of the original oh. <laughs> that every time one died they quickly went and got another one to replace it instead of kind of teaching me again about death it, it was no yeah. oh, no horace kept going on so you know i thought horace was around for for years not realizing this was the seventh version of horace
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: interesting um some I, people I, I talk been,
1: about that too like you know we we learn how to grieve from watching our parents grieve
0: mm-hmm.
1: from watching those around us grieve. Yeah. Like we're not formally taught. Right. right. And so if, if, if our parents are just replacing that loss, yes. right. Pretending it's not there, you know, going right out, getting another dog
2: mm-hmm.
1: or just never talking about it, you know, like, like I did, like we did growing up, we just never talked about anything yeah. sad. Right. We, we don't, we don't learn.
0: No, we don't. And we're not given permission. To feel right. sad, right? It's like, right. well, we it's no just part of life. Suck it up. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so
1: we're told, oh, when we feel that way, we need to isolate. Mm-hmm. We need to uh, hate ourselves for feeling like this. Get strong and get over it as fast as possible and move on. Right. That's what we're taught.
0: Yes. There's a TV show called, um, gosh, what is it? It's tip of my head at the present moment. Um. Anyway, it's, it's about various murders that happen in every episode. And there's generally two or three of them, right? And the unravelling who the killer is. But it always fascinates me of how many people don't seem to be very upset about anyone that's died. You know, they're just the husband's being murdered, the father's being murdered, the woman's being murdered. Nobody mourns them. You know, nobody, nobody no. seems to be at all upset. And I think like, you know, the, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hot Fuzz which was a comedy, yeah, so. right? It's a parody of those kind of cop shows that were uh, put up there. Midsummer Murders, that's the one I'm thinking of. And especially the original versions where, you know, like nobody mourned anyone. And it's such a false face on everything. You know, I know the thing is defying the murder and it's just meant to be a mystery, but the reality of it is so far-fetched, that you know, yeah. it's that why are we hiding the fact that some people may be upset and be grieving someone's loss. You know, why can't we even put that in a TV show?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how that came about. You know, it didn't used to be that way. You know, yeah. 150, 200 years ago, when we had a loss, everyone would come together. Yes, Like we lost people all the time 200 years ago. Yes. You would lose one out of three kids. Right. Child death happened all the time. And yes. like everyone came together. We talked about death. In fact, even the old funeral of the old cemeteries, they used to be gathering grounds. Mm. It wasn't sacred like it is today. People would walk all over the graves and have markets and talk Mm. and and gather. You know, but that that sort of changed.
0: I know, it's, it's almost become, well, keep it to yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and we know that that is so unhealthy I and mean, we have more mental health problems today than ever before because we're meant to keep things to ourselves, suppress our mm. emotions. Yeah. We also seem to be more and more sensitive. And my theory on that is that more and more of us are wakening up and rising up to a higher va- vibration, which actually takes us up into a higher sensitivity uh, and, and you're living in a world of a lower vibration, which really can really affect you. Um, but the there is this thing of, um, you know, keep it to yourself. Nobody wants to know. You know, get over it already. I mean, all of those kind of things in there. And it's like, no. As I said, we celebrate a birth. Why can't we celebrate a death of the life That's lived, true. and and what that that life meant to you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This might be a radical idea too, but think of like doing that for things like divorce too. Yes. Celebrate your relationship. Mm. You you married that person. Right. You loved them at one point. It just yeah. went to hell, which is fine. But right, you got a divorce, but we need to like honor that. Yeah. Take the gifts from it, learn from the lessons, mistakes on both sides, and you know, we grow.
0: I I remember going to a divorce party. And, you know, and yeah. it was somebody celebrating being divorced. And it was like, I've learned never to do that again. <laughs> you know? And this is what yeah. I've learned from it. And you're like, well, was there anything good out of it? Yeah, there was the good. This is why it went sour. So I know in the next relationship to hold on to the good and not allow it to go sour. And yeah. that's the point is the big word here in absolutely everything we do in life is learn. Learn from the experience. You're going to have experiences. Some of them are not going to be great, but learn from them. The more we learn from them, the more we can cope with them, and the more we actually can see the right path in front of us. Mm-hmm. So grieving, uh, yes, it's a big one, and I don't care who we are, how rich or famous or this or that, or how many tweets you've, yeah. your twitters you've got, or anything <laughs> else is. Uh, you know, we've just lost Sydney Potier. We've just lost mm-hmm. Betty White. And you look at the ages. I mean, she was 99, just short of 100. He was 94. Look at the gifts that they gave us, mm-hmm. right? Look at the, the the celebration of their life and the legacy they've left behind. Every single one of us wants to know we're leaving something behind, that yeah. that we're remembered for something good. And if we can't take the time to honor that, you know, in death, we, we should be honoring it in life as well. But mm-hmm. if we can't take the time to honor it in death, I think it's a disrespect.
1: Yeah, we're certainly not carrying it with us to the full extent. Right. Right. Just to sit with it and to feel it, to go through it. You know, when, when, when my last cat died, he was uh, two years old had a sudden heart attack and just ah. died one day, right? And you know what? What that taught me was presence. Yes, being present. Mm-hmm. You know him like his—that's his brother right there, Pons. You know he has the same uh, like heart defects. so at any moment he could die. Yeah. the same way, right? And rather than to think and dwell on that, right? right I'm I'm grateful for what I have now.
0: That's the point, isn't it? There? There's my energy yes.
1: on today. And yeah. what I have. Yes. Because I'm not going to have it forever.
0: No. And when the physicality goes, the, what you had is always going to be with you and it, you will carry it with you forevermore. Yeah. And that's the gift they leave behind. I think we don't talk enough about the spirit and the essence of the spirit that's mm-hmm. left behind. And if we allowed and spoke more openly about that spirit, this vehicle we're in, whatever shape, size, color, animal, human that we're put into is for us to have a spiritual experience in a human wo- realm. But when the body goes, that spirit, that soul, that essence of who you are is still very much there. And it may move on to yet another body, but it, that essence of that person or that living being is, has been given to you. And the more that we keep it alive inside of ourselves in a beautiful memory, the more it becomes, again, part of that guidance Mm -hmm. for us in in moving forward. So let's look at each other as the beautiful light that we are, and whatever time we have, cherish it.
1: Plus, it feels good.
0: Yes. It
1: feels good to, to remember the good things. Yeah. More so than the bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've nobody. To a lot
1: yeah. Of people who have, like have like trauma at the end, and
0: mm. you
1: know, the pet gets in an accident, and like you know, you know, I'll spare trauma details, but you know, a traumatic incident. That's how you say goodbye. Yes, you're never going to forget that. No, nope. short of brain damage, those memories will always be with you, but so too will all those years you spent together. Yeah. And it's where we're going to put that energy. Is it going to be in that last day, those, those last weeks together? Or is it going to be in all these years that we spent? Right. And we can draw from that.
0: And sometimes it's a short flame, like my, my first dog, Katie, she was six months old and the neighbors called her across the road and a dog and a car hit her. So we lost her at six months. And in that six months, you know, we lived near a golf course. She used to go to the golf course and chase the balls and chew them. I never knew that golf course were made out of rubber bands. (laughs) You know, she was a high spirit. We would see this with children going too soon. But Mm -hmm. when we look at it, we realize that they were a very strong flame here to burn very, very bright for that short period of time to always be the light in our lives. And Mm -hmm. we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And this is right. why the gift of the present is so very important. Mm-hmm. Loss is inevitable, but I yeah. think what we need to spend more time on is what did we gain?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, how did it change us? Yeah. What are we carrying forward with mm. us? This it's idea the... of continuing bonds. Yes. Like our relationship with them isn't done just because you know it's, we say goodbye. You know, my, this whole company of mine at Cloud is uh, founded because of my first cat, Henry Patch Rothschild.
0: <laughs> I love all the names you give your animals. <laughs> it's fabulous. Yeah,
1: yeah. but here's my like orange fluffball cat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I so talk what about is him Pe- all the
0: time. right because he be, he was your catalyst. He was mm-hmm. your reason, right? And that's the thing is that the gifts they give us. You know, Candy gave no. me the gifts of life. Kokomo gave me the gift of, of a companionship and an unconditional love at a time that I was going for a divorce that loved me unconditionally, right? Yeah. And, and so each one of them gives you something that you need at that particular time period of your life that can change your life completely, yeah. right? So Pet Cloud was formed of this, but what does Pet Cloud do?
1: We do uh, virtual grief support for pet loss.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, like when when you, you heard the phrase uh, "Laugh in the world laughs with you; mm-hmm. cry and you cry alone." Yeah, I've always thought that was a ludicrous phrase. Because, yes, you know, like how absurd would it be for you to have to leave the room every time you laugh? <laughs> yes, because you don't want to affect everyone else with how you feel, right? right. It's that it's the same notion and, mm. you know, but like we want to be around other people who are laughing when we're laughing mm-hmm. and crying when we're crying, you know, yes. like that same vibration. And, you know, that's what that community is for just to see other people to know that you're not alone in how you feel.
0: Right. And that it's good to cry. It's mm-hmm. good to cry. Not only is it a good release, it's actually physically something very good at releasing toxins But it it is also a connection when you cry with other people. You've had a good cry with someone. They may be a perfect stranger, but you shared something with them at that time that is really precious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to to grieve, yeah.
1: If you you think about the the friends you have in your life, they're, they're probably the ones that your closest friends are the ones you've had the deepest, most emotional conversation with.
0: Yes. The honest, open conversations. Open yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, you know, I don't think we hug enough either, which I know we can't do virtually. Okay. But, you know, it's I sleep with a teddy bear, mm-hmm. right? My teddy bear is in my arms, in my bosom all night, and I kiss it every morning and thank it, you know, because right. I miss that companionship when my dog used to sleep with me. And, mm-hmm. and I don't have a human that I sleep with, so it's a teddy bear. And it's that... Yeah. and. Do you sleep with a teddy bear at your age? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Because it's love for me, right? I'm giving it love. It's giving me love back. And ultimately, we all want to step into that world of love. Mm -hmm. That's why we feel the loss so much, right?
1: Yeah. That's why we feel the loss of all all of our friends and family who don't show up as much too. Yes. Because when we're grieving, we want that support. Yeah. Yeah. We want people to show up,
0: and sometimes it is those perfect strangers that actually can understand how you feel more than your own family, because maybe your own family is going through their own grieving in their own way, and none of you are grieving the same way, so you don't know how to come together.
1: Yeah. Well, like uh, I had a member of mine like put it to me very nicely. Is like when like when we have a huge loss, like we're expected to have a master's degree in loss and right. grief. Yes. But like none of us are, we're barely at like elementary school here. Yes,
0: exactly. And we're expected
1: to perform at that level suddenly. And now I actually, everything... I actually
0: think kind of your kindergartners and your elementary school level are more, more equipped to deal with it. You yeah, know, I think the right. older we get, the more complicated we make it.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: More barriers we put in the way. But if we look at our children, you know, like I was 11 when my dad died. I went to my mom and I said, God took the one that was the weakest and left the one that was the strongest. I went into the room and said goodbye to my dad. And then we moved on with life. I still missed him terribly, but it was a, it was a more practical type grief, you know. And I think very often, as we can from our pets, we can learn a great deal from our children.
1: Yeah, You know, we're also not told, you know, some, some of us might want to go help people, but we don't know what to do or say. Right. You know, I talk about that a lot and mm-hmm. what to do because, you know, in, in chaplaincy training, they, they teach you over and over again, the most powerful thing you ever had is your presence. Yes. yes. holding space. You can't fix it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't undead someone. Right. You can't undiagnose someone. You can't like get two people back together. Right. Like n- nothing you intellectually s- is gonna say is gonna matter. Mm. You're in a better place. Oh, you'll find another one. Oh, right. you'll be over this, you'll be stronger. You know, like all that's intellectual. It, it yeah. doesn't address your broken heart. Right.
0: right. Right.
1: Just being there, just being there, saying, I'm sorry for your loss. And that's it.
0: I mean, when somebody said, I'll never love like that again. No, you probably won't. But you are capable of loving again and you love in a different way. And yeah. it will be just as important and just as beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that particular love was for that person or for that animal. This kind of love you're going to have is going to be a different kind of love because it's a different person or a different animal. And that doesn't make it any less pure. And it doesn't make it that you are insulting the person that you lost before. No, we have so much capability of love. And the last thing our loved ones who pass over want is for us to stay in sorrow of, of that loss all the time. They want us to go out and find love again and be that love for someone else that meant so much to them.
1: Right. You know, that's something that people hear a lot in grief.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they wouldn't want, they wouldn't want you to just be sad right you know and you know but it's it's okay to be sad Mm -hmm. for as long as it takes
0: yeah just don't get so caught up in it that it consumes you that's the only thing right there is a process we
1: have people in our lives and we work on our grief right we work on grief every day it's with us every day gotta work on it every day
0: yes we're always you know oh, I wish I was still there. I wish I was still doing this. Or I wish that this person was in my life. And you know what? Yes, because they were happy memories. Go back and visit it. Go back and have that feeling. Don't suppress it. Don't push it down. You know, like, I wish I could put my hands around her mane and just kiss her little nose again. Mm -hmm. And and in a lot of ways, we are doing that in memory. That memory of how it felt is coming back and it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel good. So don't, Don't be afraid to revisit those feelings.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, how do people sign up to be a part of this? Because, you know, very often perfect strangers could be the the best people to help you through grief. Because as I said, if it's family, they're all going through it. It's very hard to support each other when you're all grieving, because you may all be grieving in the same way. So you sometimes need that outside support. So how do people sign up for this? And what's the kind of process you take them through?
1: Yeah, you can go to our website, petcloud.pet, peterechotango.pet. And, you know, it has everything there about grief, about pet loss that you could have. Uh, Every Sunday, we have free virtual support groups that meet at 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific time. So I don't know what time zone you're in. Pacific.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, but people so, are all different ones, right? Yeah.
1: But like th- those are always open, always free for anyone. Mm-hmm. And really, those are our biggest groups. So like just to come and see all the other people, all the other stories. You know, I have people who have been there for, you know, nine or 10 months now. Mm-hmm. And then people who have, that's their first day, like they lost yesterday. And you have this whole spectrum of people in various stages of loss. And it gives you like a a perspective on your own. Mm. And let you know that it's okay to feel how we feel. We all go through it differently. And it's going to be all right.
0: And you're not alone.
1: And you're not alone.
0: And, you know, it's the same principle of, you know, either alcoholism or drug addiction when they're in a circle and they're talking about it. You said, don't put the shame and blame. That is not what the circle is about. It's about how do you feel, you know, how do you release it? How do you move on from it uh, and take the good out of it? Because there's always good to be have out of it. And sometimes people will open up to perfect strangers more than they will to their own family. Mm -hmm. And there's that support of knowing that somebody else is going through it. You know how I feel, right? So that relatability doesn't make you feel that you feel ridiculous. Because somebody right. else is feeling like that too. Mm-hmm. And so that camaraderie of all going through the same experience and, right. you know, is, is important. But it's also important to then encourage and support one another in the process through.
1: And, you know, we, and part of our membership, you know, we do it every single day. I mm-hmm. have groups that meet, you know, we meet every single day and work on it or at least talk about it. So, even like on days that you're feeling good, you come. On days that you're feeling bad, you come too. Mm-hmm. The good days, you can support other people in the group who are having terrible days, and vice versa, right? We all support each other.
0: Isn't that exactly what life is meant to be all about? Mm-hmm. The support of one another. That's the important yeah. thing. You're also on LinkedIn. As uh, Kevin Ringstaff, you're on Facebook, Kevin Ringstaff. And people can contact you at Kevin at Kevin Ringstaff. And that staff is with two Fs.com. Mm-hmm. You have a YouTube channel. What, what will people find on that?
1: Uh, so um, with uh, pet cloud, I do uh, videos about every other week or so. There's various topics. You know, I talk about when should I get another pet? How to support a friend in loss, What do I do when I come home? Coming home to that empty house is the worst.
0: Mm.
1: So I have a whole lot of videos on that, and just all kinds of little topics.
0: And you know, that's the bottom line is I'm a huge person on the big word community. You mm-hmm. know, and I always say the village was only as strong as everybody's participation. And yeah. when one person had a loss, the village had a loss. When Han had a gain, there was a celebration of that, mm-hmm. and everybody came together. And yeah. you know, we as we got more sophisticated we became more isolated and no we are designed to be together people we're designed to be a community and i think it's very important that we learn how to reach out we learn how to support one another we we learn how to say i'm not okay yeah right because it's okay for you not to be okay Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter if it's you thought you were through it, you thought you were the other side, and then suddenly you get whacked with something and it doesn't feel okay anymore. Mm -hmm. All right, it's okay to reach out to someone and say that. It's important that you do. Not only are you giving the gift of someone being there for you, right? Mm -hmm. But it's somebody who's helping you through it, maybe just by a hug, by listening, just that support, or even an idea, but it's being there for one another, which is the most important thing altogether. Animals know how to do that. They know how to be there for us Good. and for each other. Let's take a tip out of their card, right? And and be there for one another because, my God, I mean, let's face it, in the last couple of years, who hasn't lost someone or something?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We've, You know, we haven't seen in modern history such a great loss in yeah. a long time. And you know yeah but other people are going through the loss i just need to suck it up no it's personal to you mm-hmm. you're feeling it you need to grieve it and you need to go through it because it doesn't matter whether you just lost your job that you'd gone to university for your whole career is gone or you lost a friend mm-hmm. or you lost this or that it doesn't matter a loss is a loss we carry it yes we certainly do
1: We've been carrying this for two years now. We're about to hear that two-year mark of COVID. Yes. All that time, all of our friends, all that community, mm-hmm. the loss of trust in our government. Yeah. Loss of security, loss of faith.
0: Loss of freedom.
1: Loss of freedom.
0: Right. You know, a great deal of loss there. And, you know, now it's become kind of almost passe, okay, pivot again, okay, another one, okay, this. And we've forgotten how to be there for one another. And that, you know, COVID actually brought us all together to realize we're in it together. But at the same time, it divided us by separating us. So in our soul survival, we need to learn, okay, if I can't physically be there, what other way can I be there and reach out to one another in whichever way it takes, until it's safe enough to be there in person. Exactly. So, but please reach out. Wonderful work you're doing here, Kevin. Loss is not something that people like to talk about, but we all go through it. Having a circle where everybody feels safe and having all your various other programs there. Because Pete, you work one-on-one with people too? I do. So if somebody's finding a particularly hard time and they need that one-on-one support, Mm-hmm. And you work with them as well and it doesn't matter if you've lost a goldfish or you've lost a person a loss is a loss it's how right. does it make you feel how can you move on with the beautiful memories and take it on your journey of life because it's you're not meant to get stuck in grief right spend beautiful. it yeah exactly thank you so much for sharing here with us today
1: yeah thank you so much sarah for having me on my
0: pleasure, pleasure my pleasure As I said, folks, we're all going to go through a loss somewhere along the line. Um, You know, it isn't about how tough and how strong you were when you went through it. It's okay to be vulnerable. The greatest gift you can give yourself is your vulnerability. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I'm not okay. And here, Kevin has given a safe place for you to go. And whether you've lost a pet or lost a person, lost a job, lost yourself. along the way we all need that help and be supportive of one another so please reach out to him kevin ringstaff uh, it's kevinringstaff.com also petcloud.pet either way go and join and just you know you might yourself have not lost anything at this particular time but you know you've got friends that have and how can you be supportive of them to look at the videos, maybe even join the group. I'm just here to learn. Everything is okay. So until next time, folks, please be kind to each other, be there for each other, and realize when there is a death, there is always a new life. Until next time, bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you every week on tuesday we bring you new shows from illuminating people if you know someone that should be interviewed please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com now stay tuned for your next show